Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star, double-rated astronavigatrix. Oh, uh, uh, what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. In this podcast, we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss Silent Running from 1972. It's a science fiction movie, and we're going to talk about it. My name is Eva. And my name is Linnea. So real quick, before we get into spoiler territory, <laughs> would you recommend this movie? Uh, yes, I would. Um, it's not a perfect film in any stretch of the imagination, as I'm uh, uh, sure we're going to get into more in the discussion. Mm. Uh, but the themes, I think, are very relevant even today. So I think it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, agreed. I think there's a lot to enjoy in this movie. And unfortunately, some things that might be um, deterring some viewers, I guess. But uh, like you say, we'll get into that. So um, how about the both of us try to <laughs> talk about what it's about? It's it's. Um, I can start off by saying that it's kind of a straightforward uh, plot, really. Mm. Um, it's about a spaceship with um, kind of like domed off uh, forests and it's the last in the universe basically because on earth there is nothing it's concrete and it's 24 degrees celsius all year round and everybody's the same mm. i'm basically quoting the main character whose name is Lowell or Lowell or however <laughs> or the hippie guy whatever you want to call him let's you can also call him park ranger because he's the one who's sort of like for the last eight years taking care of this forest it's, it's like his baby and he's really keen on um you know giving this to the next generation even though he doesn't say that explicit that is his goal mm. Uh, and there's uh, four people on this uh, spaceship, or well, there's actually three spaceships, but um, and they are told by a, their sort of supervisor on a different spaceship somewhere else uh, that they need to get rid of the forests, need to atom bomb the forest. It's really dramatic <laughs> and it's really, wow, you really don't want any sort of seeds or bunnies or anything to survive mm. this bomb and uh, Lowell aka park ranger guy he is not okay with that uh, so he actually um well he actually kills off the other people yeah uh, in quite violent ways i mean two of them goes down in an atom bomb and the other guy <laughs> is i think he's like strangled yeah to death, if i yeah. remember correctly yeah. Yeah, and then we spend a large chunk of the movie sort of uh, him uh, running away from the supervisor ship uh, that wants him to blow it up. And he sort of makes up a story about, oh, it's uh, malfunctioning and I'm going around Saturn now and things like that. Mm. Um, and then in the meantime, he's also uh, training three, I think there's three drones. Yes. 
on the spaceship and uh, he trains them in uh, gardening and taking care of the forest and playing poker uh, and playing poker because he's missing his friends he does have some um moral dilemmas with the whole <laughs> killing thing it does it's not like he just shrugged it off and he was fine no 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 he is like traumatized by it absolutely yeah uh, and it was... was the decision to kill his co-workers was quite impulsive you know mm. because i do definitely think, um they they are planting the bombs essentially and he mm. he's going a bit crazy he's like no 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 we can't do this this yeah. is the last remains of of the plant life on earth you know we can't blow them up so he decides to kill them instead uh, mm. and it's a very um intense scene actually when that happens so yeah. oh yeah definitely and um there is like one scene with the funeral and you can tell that he is really heartbroken mm. and basically his relationship with the drones you can it's quite on the nose in my opinion that he's sort of uh, exchange like he's, he's putting personalities onto the drones and sort of I don't know if the names were the same as the humans I don't remember that but uh, they are sort of like the substitute for mm. the humans mm. but um, anyways they get back from like taking a trip around Saturn um, and it turns out that the supervisor like the corporate guy I haven't I honestly I can't remember what his um, title was or anything but um control center guy mm. <laughs> um he tells them well we find we, we found you we thought we wouldn't going to because um you were hard to track or anything or something mm. and he's like oh fuck uh, he doesn't say that to the person because he's like, oh, yeah, excellent. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, but then he sort of uh, um, do does a two birds in one stone thing because the forest has been slowly dying as they've been going around Saturn. And he realizes that it be it's because they don't have any sun sunlight. So he puts up a bunch of light bulbs and uh, prays <laughs> that would be the solution, which is it, which it is. So it's fine. Um but he then like waves goodbye to the forest. He sort of has this um, mechanism where he can um, eject it into space. Um, and um, one of the drones is left on to take care of the forest. And he then uh, blows himself and one of the drones up. So they're not caught by the uh, yep. other spaceship. And that's basically it. Yep. It's a very green uh, message. <laughs> it's very on the nose. Yeah. Like first second in and then it just you know keeps pounding that message in so it's not in the least bit subtle about no. what, what it's trying to what convey. is subtlety they don't know they don't care um but yeah despite the lack of subtlety i really enjoy the film for what it's trying to do you know it's it's a message of taking care of your planet and your plants and your animal life and your ecosystems and all that and it's very it was relevant when this movie was made and I think it's even more relevant today and I think mm -hmm. we, uh, there's uh, very much room for that kind of tale uh, in science fiction and I, I, I like I appreciate really what this movie is trying to do though it could have been a little bit more nuanced shall we say <laughs> uh, there's yeah there's room for improvement uh in the film i think yeah um i feel like they could have done something maybe slightly different with the whole blowing up the forests because mm. i feel like there should have been more of a reason other than oh we don't care about nature anymore because that's 
sort of what's implied. But yeah, I, feel I, like... I kind of got the impression that it was more of a like a capitalistic thing that oh we don't it's too expensive to maintain the yes. forest so we're gonna get rid of them because we don't need them anymore and Lowell is like of course you need them are you crazy yeah <laughs> and the, yeah but yeah exactly and, and that's what I would have liked as I was watching it mm. I thought about the because there's one scene when Lowell is eating a um, watermelon no not watermelon oh melon whatever mm. and the other guys are making fun of him and they said that it say that it smells and He's like, no, it's really good. What the gunk that you're eating doesn't taste like anything, and you've been like desensitized uh, against smells and flavors and the lovely things that nature has. Uh, and I feel like maybe if there had been hints about a company producing the food and mm. um, products like that, and they did not want the competition, that maybe. Um, a production based on on whatever the nature can make yeah instead you know so there there would be something more concrete about a corporation being a bit greedy and being like we don't really care about these other values and maybe providing humans with this we just want them to pay for our goop our food goop um that's something i would have just liked because now it was a little bit but okay they want us to bomb the forests why this i mean if we're talking capitalism that would have been like excellent tourist attractions <laughs> i'm sure they could have made millions from that so. true true yeah yeah uh, yeah just like nit i guess it's nitpicking but um no no i i i totally agree with you uh and i think you you presented some really good ideas uh there um because my main issue with the the movie is the pacing um i think oh, they yeah. quite almost literally blow their biggest guns too early you know the mm -hmm. whole thing that's the whole reveal that the forests need to be nuked comes all like i don't know in the first 10 minutes of the film or something and that's way too early i think for uh, yeah. an emotional reveal like that uh, and also uh lowell killing his co-workers i think also happens too early because that is mm -hmm. possibly the most action-packed scene in the film uh, and I think the most of the rest of the film are very um, sort of slow silent introspective not bad in any way but there's just there's just an unevenness in the tone of the film I think from the first yeah. part and the yeah. la la latter half of the movie so I think they could have built some things more uh, in the beginning, you know, like the things you were talking about, and also I think the relationship between Lowell and his friends. Um, mm -hmm, for sure. Because, because it's very... It is established as a very complicated relationship, you know. They are kind of friends, but they also kind of bully Lowell because he's a bit of an odd duck. Uh, mm. And I think you kind of fleshed out that those relationships even more than was made, uh, and sort of take some time to do that. And I think the overall, overall experience of the movie would have... Uh, improved based on that yeah definitely especially the relationship part because uh, it happens so fast and you don't really you're not like a hundred percent sure of what sort of impact that will have on Nowell or if it was a hard decision for him or not uh it, there should have been something to put a bit more weight into that action i feel mm. so definitely agree with you there and like the whole losing momentum thing that happens like after 15 minutes <laughs> into the movie like you say um that is like my almost my main issue with the movie mm. uh, there are things that they could have placed um 
like earlier, they could have been like, oh, we're going to blow this thing up in five days or something. And then he's like panicking, like, what can I do to stop this? He can start to train the train the drones uh, as a sort of like plan C. <laughs> I mean, just something that would make, um, you know, the, so the steam doesn't run out too fast because yeah, that's sort yeah. of like what's happened, yeah. what happens with the, with the movie, unfortunately. And I think that's where... Like I was saying earlier, like when we were talking about the spoiler, before spoiler territory <laughs> thing, um, that's where I think you might lose an audience um, or like lose a viewer, mm. uh, sort of, because it, the speed is just a, it's like goes to a halt almost. Mm. Uh, that's where I myself sort of like sort of drifted off um, in a way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's an uneven film in, in many mm. regards and... It's unfortunate because I think the best moments of the film are really good moments. It's just mm-hmm. it needed more polish. It's it's a bit yeah. unsophisticated in many regards, um, which unfortunately at uh, I I watched some of the um, uh, bonus material on on my Blu-ray copy of the film, mm. um, and including an interview with the director, and he said, you know, we're working on a very tight budget um, and we had almost no marketing for the film and he was so said uh. we were sort of hoping for a, you know mouth to mouth sort of spreading the word of it but mm. it it didn't really go anywhere uh, it it wasn't that the movie bombed per se because it had almost no budget so it couldn't really bomb <laughs> uh, it was more that you know no one wanted to see it but it has since developed a cult following um, sort of in the same style as 2001 A Space Odyssey which has also developed a big cult following mm. um, and it has been published um, you know my edition of the movie is from Eureka Entertainment's uh, Masters of Cinema collection which is like mm. one of the most prestige collections you can have we have here in Europe it's like our version of the Criterion collection so it's a very good release um, mm. so obviously it has had some impact on movie history it was just you know at the time it's sort of just there's this oh there's just something mm. lacking with it you know it, it could have been so great it could have been epic but it just mm, it fizzled out a bit and I'm, I'm very disappointed by that but yeah. um the themes, like I said in the beginning, is uh, still relevant today and as if mm-hmm. feel that are still important. And I think um, a lot of viewers, if you go into this film expecting, um, expecting those themes and being interested in those themes and, and sort of the exploration of those themes, I think you will have a, a good experience overall. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh... I mean, considering the the budget thing that you're talking about, I mean, I'm because I was blown away by the sets and the models. Mm. They are gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, the three spaceships with the domes, and the domes are facing different directions, mm-hmm. and it's just a really nice look. And it's kind of funny because whenever there's this like a science fiction movie where there, it's a functional spaceship. And I mean, I mean functional as in they're trying to make something look realistic and it mm. has a purpose other than being like a battleship, rogue mm-hmm. battleship for pirates people. <laughs> um, they sort of have that look still. Yeah. 
And it's kind of funny, like 50 years, no, it's 40, I mean, sorry, 50, oh my God, 40 years later, it's sort of like the still, the sort of um, uh, aesthetic we kind of have and the way we sort of picture things to look. Mm. Uh, But also like the interior sets are looking great. There's a lot of stuff, which I really appreciate. It looks lived in and it looks like there's tools and things that make um, living there possible, basically. Uh, the kitchen great Mm. so things like that that i just really enjoyed watching and sort of like taking in um and there's i mean you can tell that they like their own models because they're used (laughs) thoroughly which i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate that yeah show off your work like that's fine by me yeah a fun fact regarding the um the sets uh as you described you know the in the interior of the ships they were actually recorded on a uh, a real um, <gasps> a, a real ship uh, um, oh, an ex awesome. military ship I, I don't remember what it's called it's like an aircraft lander out at sea uh, and it was supposed to be scrapped so uh, the movie team could rent it really really cheap and they were like we take it <laughs> perfect I think yeah. that is so like ingenious to yeah. sort of yeah. <laughs> just because they could do whatever they wanted inside because it was kind of scrapped anyway you know so they sort of cool. kept some of the, the corridors of the ship and then they opened up yeah. other rooms and such uh, and the name of the ship was Valley Forge with, which is the name oh! of the ship in the movie uh, which is really cool so they, oh, they sort of that's uh, nice. paid homage to that there yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah but you can I guess that's why it looks so good though because it mm. doesn't look phony or fake or anything like that and you have this huge hangar that looks like I mean sh- sure it looks like a hangar or like mm. a big room where you can have a plane or s- some sort of like uh, vehicles going in but it looks so good it looks so good and hearing that it's just um yeah it's fun backstory to have in the mind when you're absolutely yeah um, yeah wish i would have known that before i would have like started <laughs> to look for it <laughs> um mm-hmm. and also the robots or the drones as you say uh you know um, in the beginning they're just called drone one two and three uh, but mm-hmm. then lowell renames them huey Dewey, and louie um uh, they Inside of them, there were actually real actors, you know, and there were actors uh, who in real life had no legs. So as you see the robots move, it's actually people, you know, walking on their hands, uh, which is also yeah. really, really cool to think about. Because yeah. it makes it makes the robots' movements very special. You know, it's not mm-hmm. actually robotic movements. It feels very natural because it is, you know, sort of soft movements, you know. Uh, but it gives them, I think, a distinct style. As opposed, yeah. as opposed to other robots in in, um, in in cinema that I can think of anyway. Yeah, they sort of have like a, a personality and like a specific walking pattern that looks like it's that type of drone. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. that specific type of production drone thingy. So I, yeah, and that is just, um, I mean, hats off really. <laughs> I, I To be honest, I did look that up because I like, how, how? <laughs> Yeah. Because I, I was like, there's a human in there, but how uh, how are the limbs working here? Like, <laughs> is that legs or arms or like, how can you fit? So that is just, that is awesome. I think mm-hmm. that is another one of those like really creative solutions mm. um, that, um, again, like make this thing look, like, feel really lived in. Definitely. Hats off. <laughs> 
Um, look, so what's your opinion on like Lowell Lowe as a character? Like, did you find him engaging or like? I find him interesting, I should say. I mm. don't necessarily find him likable because as we have established, he actually does murder people. Um, and he is in the beginning when you do see him uh, interact with his co-workers. Um, he, he is a bit arrogant. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, they are not the most pleasant people either. Like I said, they kind of bully him as well. Um, but he he is a bit of a an odd duck, and mm. that's totally fine to be. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a bit of an odd duck sometimes as well. You know, it's <laughs> it's fine. Um, but he his personality isn't necessarily the most likable. But he is interesting because of his convictions you know he really believes in this project of conserving this forest and he's so dedicated to it and he you know when the other people on the ship you know they are racing around on their um what do you call them like small transport uh, carts vehicles or yeah, carts yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good word um he is actually you know in the forest and, and planting things and caring for things and i think it it shows that he he is a fairly deep character. We we not don't necessarily get to see, I think, all the depth that he has in the movie. There's sort of a few lost opportunities there, but he is he he is like I said, he's a really interesting character, and I I did enjoy seeing his progression of mm. going from someone who 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 is very comfortable and optimistic in the position he's in because in the beginning oh, yeah. of the movie he's like you know i i really feel that they are gonna you know you know um upgrade its program programs you know and and, and uh, uh, bring back parks and forests on earth and sort of replant yeah. things there and he's very optimistic and this is very enthusiastic uh, and then to have all those dreams crushed and that sort of drives him into madness and then in the end it it unfortunately means he has to commit suicide uh but as a last act he sort of you know i i need to try and save some of these forests and he kind of does and it's it's beautiful in a way yeah yeah um agree on pretty much everything you say um what i will say like i, I wish he would have shown a bit more like a little bit of doubt maybe mm -hmm. about his decisions um because he really didn't doubt what he had done he was like well i had to kill you i had to do this i have to run away from and like we understand why because we're horrified that you would bomb away the last forest in the universe essentially um but i would have liked him to maybe doubt his own motives a little bit because i said earlier that oh well of course he's saving it for um the next generation but really, I'm not so sure. Maybe you could film in if I missed something, like in the like the last part of the movie, really, because there's he didn't really like do any sort of rig or set a message up or something. I mean, he did mention like the whole um, message message in a bottle. Mm. So I guess that the forest is in its in its own sense a message in a bottle. Yeah. But but but, but I would have liked him to see to maybe. I don't know, set a timer for, oh, in 100 years, it's going to send a message to Earth. Maybe we've mm -hmm. uh, started missing nature 
by then. Um, and then we're ready for it again, maybe. Mm. Because right now, like, what's the point of a forest going around in a dome? <laughs> do you see what do you see what yeah, I'm getting yeah, at? Like, yeah. and I would have liked him to like explore. Like, is it what's the point of conserving something for conservation's sake? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his end goal? Um, so, I, yeah, just maybe, maybe a little bit more of that. Um, mm-hmm. You could argue that well. When we have uh, Joan singing his, her song over some of the scenes, you go, oh, we're planting for the next children. The forest <laughs> is your child. But that's not Lowell doing that, though. Like, that's just music yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going on top of <laughs> the scene. Um, I don't know. Do you have any any opinion on that? No, I think it's a very good, good point you're making. Um, and... I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, you know, the, the, the comparison to a message in a bottle is very good. Um, but I think what Lowell is actually doing is uh, ejecting the forest from outside the solar system. So essentially, he's sending the forest to someone else who might take care of it when mm. us humans won't do it. Um, that's the impression that I got. But mm. it, the, the message in a bottle sort of works in either situation really because either it's future humans who will maybe find the forest or it's someone yeah. else out there um yeah, but i but like it's... that i that i mm. thought that it's maybe it's not even meant for humans like he's he's so over it mm. that's very pessimistic of him <laughs> but he did like yeah <laughs> he's like three murders in the now so he's beyond that i guess <laughs> Um, and then, of course, as I'm an engineer and working as an astronomer, I sort of have to question how exactly this forest will actually survive to encounter yes. another star system. But I'm, I'm willing. Light bulbs! <laughs> Light bulbs! <laughs> 40 vat! Um, I'm kind of willing to look beyond that and ignore those details. Um, yeah. Just due to the the message that the movie is trying to mm. convey um and and sort of what is a how should i say an, an unhappy ending but also an optimistic ending because Lowell's last act of sending this forest out into space sort of you know implies that it will live on somehow somewhere it will continue and um, yeah instead of being nuked and i think there's there's something really beautiful about that and because of that i'm willing to ignore the other details yeah <laughs> even though you know a part of me is like well that's not gonna work but you know i'm, I'm willing to ignore it for, for <laughs> just to for what it's trying to do <laughs> so maybe you have something to say about uh the scene um where they go through like the spaceship goes through saturn's rings where yeah. it's just like a, a colorful mist <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was also really strange i didn't really understand that i mean first of all if you're that close to saturn so that you end up in the rings i i mean it's gonna be a bit difficult for you to get out of the rings again uh and also the rings are like ice particles and and sand and even larger pieces of mm-hmm. rock it's not yeah. a mist no <laughs> it's not a colorful mist <laughs> uh. yeah 
that, that, that was strange, but yeah. <laughs> but also fun in a way, I mean. Yeah, you know, overall, I think the, the problems we have with this film is story-based, you know. It's a problem with, with story and uh, characterization and some small details like the, the rings of Saturn that aren't necessarily uh, realistic from a scientific point of view. Uh, but I think both of us really liked how the movie looked, you know, even though mm. the mists around Saturn is not realistic, it still looked pretty neat. It was cool, you know, and then the spaceships, as you mentioned earlier, had really cool designs. Um, Definitely. And also like the, the suits they were wearing were pretty cool and the interior mm. design of on uh, Valley Forge was also really, really neat. Uh, so it's it's a good looking mm. film in that regard. And it I'm is really like mm. oh, sorry not to interrupt, but it, like really the main issue is the pacing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I was just gonna uh, say that um, uh, I'm very impressed with what they were able to do with the budget they had. Definitely. Um, yeah, and also um, we haven't mentioned the soundtrack, but I really enjoy the soundtrack. Um, it's. Uh, some some instrumental pieces, but then there's also two tracks sung by John Bias, uh, which mm. is an American folk singer. Uh, I'm a huge fan of her, so I really enjoyed <laughs> hearing her in this film. Um, you know, she sings the title track "Silent Running" and uh, the the track "Rejoice in the Sun," which I think are both beautiful pieces. Mm. It's not going to appeal to everyone, you know. Some some people. Um, I read some reviews on Letterboxd uh, who, who argued that they didn't really feel that the music fit maybe with the film. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, to each their own. Uh, we are going to have different experiences, uh, but mm. I really, really like the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm a bit like, I wouldn't say whatever, but maybe it was just a bit too much because it was already like pushing the message, mm -hmm. like really pushing the message so to me but at the same time I kind of like it when you try something you know so why not why not have like a folk song yeah in a science fiction movie like that I think it's fun but it might not be my taste exactly for this movie but I, I still think it's fun like it's an ex yeah. ex experimental and it's very of its time as well <laughs> which I, pr I I enjoy that because um, yeah you have the sort of like time uh, era thing that you can also enjoy when you're yeah, watching I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, John Bias mm. was was uh, that was uh, you know her golden age at the time yeah, that this movie was made, exactly. pretty much. Um, and also based on the interview I saw with the director, you know, what he was kind of hoping for was that you know you would have a hit single based on the film, you know, the such as the silent mm. uh, running title track, um, which didn't really work out, but it was a, a good try, I think. Yeah, like a Back to the Future thing, like where the song is really popular as well mm -hmm, and it can mm -hmm. sort of be a vehicle to make the movie popular like yeah. or make pop make people go to the movie as well yeah so yeah cool um so now i'm really interested <laughs> <laughs> what actor you would replace to improve the movie and as always, the premise is that you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie. And who would you bring? Well, Take a moment if you needed to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there aren't that many actors in the film, so it's a bit tricky. Um, but I actually have an idea. Suppose that we 
remake this film, which I'm, we're going to talk more about later on if this should be remade at this point. Mm. But if we remade it, uh, you know, in the original we have Bruce Dern, who uh, plays the, the title character, um, Lowell. In real life, Bruce Dern is the father of Laura Dern, famous for, no. yes, famous for roles in <gasps> Jurassic Park and Star Wars Last Jedi. So I would put her in the role just because oh. I like the idea of Oh, her. I almost got goosebumps, <laughs> yes! Of her taking over her father's role in, in the remake. Yeah, so I would pick her. Yeah, or like or like a follow-up thing. Yeah. Like Silent Running 2. <laughs> <laughs> Message in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, I like oh. the uh, sequel, yeah. Yeah, I like... I, I can't say that I've seen her in, like, movies where she's, the, like, the lead... No, I and think I know Jurassic she could. Park was her biggest role, but I can. Yeah, of... yeah, and she's done like a few series. I know that she's like at least one that she's in the lead, but um, mm-hmm. it's not that she because she couldn't do it. I just think it's like, you know, Hollywood considering like how bankable you are basically. Mm-hmm. But I feel like after Star Wars, she would be an excellent choice for something like this. Yep. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I want to see that movie. Uh, well, <laughs> also, yeah. I, just a parenthesis here, uh, a tangent, because you mentioned maybe putting her in like Silent Running 2 and talking mm-hmm. about sequels um, and people following us on Instagram will has, have seen this. But I have an Italian record single of the songs from this film and on it mm. it says 2002 a space uh, the second odyssey so oh. in, in italy this was a sequel to 2001 a space odyssey which is really strange <laughs> so how did they what did they do when the actual sequel for 2001 <laughs> I don't came know. to be I mean, they were like oh is... god damn it <laughs> it's so weird oh that is so <laughs> italian <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to oh to be God. to be fair, I can kind of see how how the movies are, are similar in style. You know, they're both sort of quiet films. Mm. Uh, you know, they're not based or or, or focused on action. They're mm. more more introspective, as we talked about earlier. So I can kind of see that, but it's still weird. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But like, kind of funny at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, um, I don't really have a, a fun replacement like yours <laughs> because yours is just like so perfect that I barely want to mention mine. <laughs> um, but I feel like uh, someone like Gary Oldman, but he's, I think he's getting up in age now to play this sort of like um, romanticized man, you know, who's like really mm-hmm. into the forest. But um, I still think that he would do the role justice. Um, and then I'm also like just a Nicole Kidman fan. So I would appreciate her in this mm. as well. But like I said, not great selections because yours is already tremendous <laughs> awesomeness levels. So uh, really, let's just fly right past that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about doing a round of Bang Bone Blast? <laughs> <laughs> From one uh, it, thing to it's, another. <laughs> it's an interesting selection you've picked here, I can see. Uh, in yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to flip the order around because I do feel like once you've put them in order, you might actually, like, you sort of 
inadvertently put them in the order that you want to bang, bond, and blast them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna... So, there you go. Okay. Now, now I really mind-fucked <laughs> you, didn't I? You're like, whoa! What? A pick now! I don't even know! So confused. Really <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad, because you're picking. <laughs> well... So, uh, listener, uh, Bang Bomb Blast yeah. is, of course, our version of Fuck, Mary, Fuck, Mary, Kill in that order. And Ebba has put on the selection Dead Guy, Drone Number 3, and Lowell. <laughs> and I want to point out that I think Drone Number 3 is the one that dies like halfway through the film. Yes. <laughs> I would call this one, like, the dead selection, like the... Yeah, dead meat here or whatever I don't know <laughs> yeah hard hard choices here you've got to make so. <laughs> so by dead guy I assume you 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 mean the uh, the guy that Lowell actually strangles or, yes or, yeah. because the, the other one two are blown to pieces so you know that's... yes they're like sh- shred shred guys thread guys I don't know <laughs> Splatter guys. <laughs> no, this one is the one who's put to dirt, like in the dirt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You might need to dig him up for this part. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> are, do I have to pick, like, at the state when they are dead, or can I, like, consider it before they hmm. die? <laughs> before they die. I feel okay. kind today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Well, this is a really difficult decision to make. Um, <laughs> I guess I would bang dead guy because he was uh, a bit cute when he was alive, I guess. Hmm. Um, and um, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, re- the reason I'm banging him is because he didn't really have that much of a character, so I don't want to bomb yeah. him. He's not interesting enough for that, but I guess he's kind of cute enough to bang, you know? It's a bit <laughs> it's a bit shallow reasoning, but it works. Um, oh, that's fine. But then bonding, I mean, drone number three, it's a drone. <laughs> I suppose I could live with that, but it's not very interesting. Uh, but then Lowell... You know, he gets, he, he, he clearly has some mental issues at the end there. He goes a bit crazy, so I don't know if I want to bond him either. Um, I guess I will bond Lowell. I mean, at least we can talk about horses, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Best that's, reason ever. <laughs> that's something we have in common. You know, I like horses. I assume he likes horses because he likes animals. Um, or, or cats. We can talk about cats also, yeah. so that's fine. Uh, and then, unfortunately, drone number three is blasted. Kind of exactly like he is. <sighs> poor, poor drone number three. Like, imagine if I would have made the selection where it would just be the drones. Like, drone number one, drone number three, drone number two. Then, then man, that would have made things interesting, I feel like. But here we are. Nice selections. I really um, respect your choices here. Um, who you're going to bang and bond with. But um, I'm going to go... Hmm, actually banging Lowell or Lowell uh, Mm -hmm. because 
I don't know. He's human, I guess. He was a fine <laughs> character. Um, but I feel like Dead Guy, even though he was kind of a jerk, he was the most human of the three assholes. Yeah. So I kind of feel like given a chance, like I was kind of actually expecting him to wake up when they were starting to dig his uh, grave. Because, you, I mean, I'm not, I don't know how well Lowell is at strang strangling people, but like you really need to... Uh, get on it for a while so i feel like maybe he wouldn't have done such a good job because he didn't doesn't know what he's doing so i was says ebba the strangulation expert yes phd thank you very much uh, so i was fully prepared for that guy to sort of get up and be like oh what you do and then help lowell out actually mm -hmm. but anyways um so yeah bonding dead guy and blasting drone number three i'm so sorry but i mean we all know that all three of these people or i mean <coughs> sentience are going to die anyways so it doesn't matter if i blast him like five <laughs> minutes before his foot gets stuck on the ship so sorry not sorry <laughs> Yeah, that, that was like the most emotional scene in the whole film where, you know, the drone number oh, three is so outside sad. of the ship when he's blown away and, and his his one of his feet are still stuck yeah. to the ship. And when they're outside the ship, later on in the film, they find it. And the other drones are like looking at it, you know, forlornly. Oh, so like, sad. Oh, that was one of us and now he's gone. <laughs> and he was, I, can't, I find, kind of feel like Lowell was a bit rude there because he was like, look at this. This is what happens when you're not being careful. I was like, are you going to dig him a, a pit for, for as a grave, you know? No. You're just going to toss him out the airlock, I guess. So I feel like he was a bit rude to drone mm. number three. Mm. He didn't deserve that. But mm. anyways. Poor, poor number three. Poor number three. Rest in peace and all that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so our next segment then is... Uh, argue why this should win a Gordon and Gordon is our version of the Oscars uh, and we make up the categories however we feel like <laughs> so uh, Ebba why should this win a Gordon and in which category I think that Silent Running should win a Gordon for best space interior set design it was great and I think that it should win a trophy for that. It was great. Thumbs up. Yes, agreed. It did look really, really good. <laughs> uh, I would award this film a Gordon for uh, best design and portrayal of the of drones, um, mm? because, like we talked about earlier, you know, the actors inside the drones did a really good job in. Uh, moving uh, the the drones and also giving them some personality in in and in, mm -hmm. in, in their behavior pattern, you know, because the design of the droid drones is in such a way that they have like no human like features. They're very very, they look like computers pretty much. Yeah, um, and and there's no. There shouldn't be anything for us there to really identify with or sympathize with but we do that anyway mm. because of how amazing uh the the just the whole you know uh, directing of them is you know how they move mm. and how they behave and everything like that mm. so i really appreciated that yeah i agree they looked really good really good um applause <laughs> in general yes. um so yeah um uh, 
moving on to double feature. Do you have any like on the spot here recommendation to watch alongside this one? In yes, a, in I actually a... have right. one, and hmm? it might seem a bit odd at first, but I would like to sort of consider the end of Silent Running. In the end, we have this lone drone on the forest that's just floating out into the emptiness of space, and he's supposedly <laughs> gonna be there alone doing these tasks of carrying mm. this forest in like eternity, pretty much. Um, and that brings to mind another drone or droid i suppose you would call him oh are you thinking what i'm thinking oh you're doing Uh, god damn it (laughs) i think you're taking okay go for it (laughs) well it's fine if we pick the same movie i'm thinking of wall e yes (laughs) yes which also has uh, a message in it which is not very subtle in wall e either yeah Um, it's not necessarily the same message as in silent running but i feel like they have some overlap there and they are worth seeing together Definitely. Agreed. <laughs> well, obviously, because I was going to say Wally as well. Uh, well they are... Great minds think alike. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wally. Wally, Wally, Wally. Um, so, just throwing it out here, should this be remade in 2020? I kind of think that it should, actually. Uh, because this, this is the kind of film I feel like you should re- remake. Because... There's room for improvements, and it also has themes that are still relevant. You know, there's very, very, quite a few opportunities here, I think, to make something really modern with this story uh, and something that will resonate with the audience today. And um, I think the story itself um, deserves more recognition. So maybe if we remake it today, it will be a bigger hit than the original was uh, when it was released. And I think it deserves that. Yeah. I, you've, you've said it all right there (laughs) and you did the casting previously, which was excellent. So I would love to see this being remade, which isn't something you might usually say, but I would really love to to see this be remade or Mm. have a, um, sequel to it. Yeah. Either way you handle it, I think it would be really interesting to see in a talented, competent director's hand. Yeah, and with Uh, a bigger budget. (laughs) Yeah, oh, definitely, for sure. (laughs) But like, maybe it's still paying homage to, uh, let's say, the drones, how they were sort of like put to life, and also the uh, models and things like that that are really Mm -hmm. excellent. And Mm -hmm. just like making a little nudge there to to the... um, yeah, because yeah, I feel like the, that the problem today is that a lot of directors or producers want to remake films that are already kind of perfect. You need to yeah. remake a film that is flawed, which you can mm. work your magic on and sort of put your mm-hmm. own spin on and things like that. So, And I think Silent Running is an excellent opportunity to do yeah, that. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. And put Laura Dern in the main yes role, and then i will go see it definitely please make it happen please i want to see see that like honestly i would love to see that that would be amazing <laughs> yes well then 
we are nearing the end here. So, uh, listener, have you seen Silent Running? Uh, we want to know what you think. So go to our Facebook page, Starcrash Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. And we also have an Instagram account, Starcrash Podcast, uh, if that's more your jam. Uh, you know, go follow us there and look at our pretty pictures, including <laughs> the vinyl uh, single that I was talking about earlier about the Italian uh, title of the film yes, and all so that. If you want a, a bit of a laugh, like... <laughs> <laughs> go check that out uh, and join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about Excalibur <gasps> bye bye exciting bye <laughs>